0: So Money, episode 744. Sonny Leonard Doozy, YouTube host and marketing expert.
1: You're listening to So
0: Money with award winning money guru Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30 minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh yourself. Have you ever wondered how anyone gets 100, let alone 100,000 YouTube subscribers? Do you hate being on camera for your business, but want to get better? Well, today's guest is going to talk about that and so much more right here on this podcast. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. I've always been impressed and fascinated by those people out there who create businesses, rise to stardom through YouTube. I mean, especially these days, YouTube is pretty crowded. Last time I checked, and there are people who are just starting three weeks ago, a year ago, six hours ago, who are doing things that others are not and as a result getting noticed and getting subscribers. Today we have a guest who knows all about how to leverage YouTube. She's done it for herself, she does it for all of her clients. Her name is Sunny Leonard Doozy. She's a marketing master with a decade of experience creating brand strategies using social media and video marketing. Forbes named her YouTube channel one of the 20 must-watch channels that will change your business. An entrepreneur named her YouTube channel one of the top 10 channels every entrepreneur should follow. So Sunny's here, and I met her at a networking event. Um, She was giving me some quick YouTube lessons. I have to admit, I was a little overwhelmed. I was I was really digging it, you know. I was like trying to take a lot of mental notes, but I'm already pretty scattered and I feel like YouTube is some place that requires a lot of work and focus. And I'm enjoying the podcast. I enjoy writing. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy Instagram. It's like, really, do I need to master YouTube? She had me convinced that maybe I should make a little bit more of an effort there. Um, But she's got a lot to share as far as how to just take the first step, you know, how to take the first step to get noticed Get people excited about what you have to say, especially for those of you listening who might be in the entrepreneurial space or you have great talents and skills that you want to showcase and they're really visually oriented. And of course, we talk about money and Sunny talks about this incredible phone alert that she sends herself from time to time to help her keep her in the right financial headspace. And I think I'm going to start doing this myself. Also, why losing $10,000 was actually a helpful money lesson for her. Here we go. Here is Sunny Leonard Doozy. Sunny Leonard Doozy, welcome to So Money. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I want to talk all about the YouTube. Do you know <laughs> where were you when
1: YouTube came on the market? Do you remember cuz it wasn't that long ago? It wasn't that long ago. To be honest, I was not paying attention <laughs> at all um, to YouTube whatsoever. I, uh, I I really just I fell into it. I fell into YouTube pretty much backwards uh, and by accident uh, when I when I was a consultant, I had a business doing social media consulting, and I one day out of pure desperation needed to answer a client's question and a bunch of my clients were asking the same things. And so I figured, okay, what can I do to make my life easier instead of getting on different phone calls and meetings? And I decided to sit down and film a YouTube video. And overnight that video got a couple thousand views with basically no subscribers on my channel. And I realized the power of the platform and how amazing it was to build a business.
0: I was working at the street.com for their brand new video channel it was two thousand six, and I believe that mm-hmm. was the year that YouTube mm-hmm. IPO'd. Mm-hmm. And until then we kinda didn't give YouTube a, a lot of a lot of credit. We were like, oh, this is where like the you know, people make weird videos on YouTube. It's like who wants to watch other people do things? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that hilarious now? <laughs> what? You know, I can watch reality TV, but I'm not really into reality TV, so I don't know if YouTube's gonna be overkill. <laughs> Well, little did we know, and you, you, know. you had the foresight to really. And of course, this wasn't right when YouTube launched, but no, but yet you did have the foresight to know that this was a good place to hang out and invest your career in. Um, you mentioned that your video, your first video, got like over a th- like thousands of views overnight, and that sounds very simple. But but looking back, like what was it about that video that made it successful, other than just being on YouTube?
1: Well, it was really perfect timing. And I think it's interesting because this was in 2015. So, March of 2015 is when I posted my first video that was really business related. Prior to that, it was exactly what you said. It was, you know, old demo reels and random family videos, and just was basically a dumping ground for random videos. And that's all I had on my channel. And I wasn't using it intentionally at all. And then Yeah. My clients were asking me about Periscope at the time because it had just launched and it was getting all this hype at South by Southwest. So people were talking about that and Meerkat and everyone wanted to know how to use those two tools for business. So I just sat down and basically broke down, okay, this is why live streaming is beneficial. And this is my, my preference out of the two platforms. And it was a perfect storm because it was a trending topic at the time. So everyone was talking about it. Everyone was searching for it. Uh, so that drove a lot of traffic. And the other thing was I was the first person to make a video about Periscope and using live streaming for business on YouTube. So I automatically was ranked on page one as the number one results for what Whoa. is Periscope. Whoa. So so it is. it was very serendipitous and um, happened in a really great way for me to realize and have that light bulb moment of, oh, if I get really intentional about this and I'm doing this every single week, imagine what could happen. And that's really when I dove headfirst into it. And I've been studying it for the past three years and helping other entrepreneurs leverage the platform to build their businesses.
0: I want to dive deep into your your career and money mindset. But for all Mm -hmm. of us listening, including me, <laughs> uh who who you know, some of us are full fledged entrepreneurs, some of us are just curious, some of us are on in, in transition, some of us want to do a side hustle, become brands. Mm-hmm. Uh who who is best positioned to have a, a a well watched YouTube channel and then your number one bit of advice for getting noticed on YouTube. This isn't 2006 anymore. You can't just put something <laughs> up there and someone all, everybody will see it. It's like you could mm-hmm. definitely get lost in the ether that is YouTube in 2018. Mm-hmm. So how do you stand out and really but like authentically, right? Not just like yeah. doing things because this is what's this is the clickbait. Mm-hmm. Of course that's probably part of it, but tell us what
1: should we do? Yeah. So truly, my approach is probably a little different than a lot of people who talk about YouTube because I really do look at it as an entrepreneur, and I look at it as an evergreen lead and traffic machine. It is how I built my email list from scratch. It's how I built my business um, from a small fifty thousand dollar a year consulting uh, firm, basically on my own, to now having close to a million dollar business um, in just three years. So it's it's been this source for me to build an audience, build a customer database, uh, and build my brand, really. So what I recommend to anyone who comes in contact with me, and I have a lot of free information on this on my YouTube channel, obviously, but my number one piece of advice is focusing on what your ideal client wants to hear. What are they searching for? What are frequently asked questions that you're getting? And how can you take that and turn it into your own unique content that is valuable and educational. So a lot of people talk about going viral and you mentioned clickbaits and people think that's the way to get attention on YouTube. That's not really how I look at it. How I look at going viral is a different acronym that I use for it. It's valuable information for a very targeted audience using your own unique intel because everyone in the world, there, I mean, it's hard to stand out and be unique now, but everyone in the world has a different experience of how they become an expert in whatever their craft is. So it's sharing your own unique experiences and strategies to really relate to the audience and and stand out as someone who has a different take on things. Uh, Relevant, obviously, and building relationships with your audience and then um, authoritative. So you want to make sure that you're speaking from a place of authority and that you have the actual experience and intel and expertise to be talking about what it is that you're talking about Uh, and making sure that you're keeping your content aligned with your brand and your business as opposed to doing random videos to just try and get get views. And then final piece, which is the most important and something that I made a big mistake on when I first started on YouTube is leveraging the content for your business. So when I first was starting, I was just blown away by the response to my videos. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm able to help so many people. The comments are so supportive and um, encouraging and people are obviously interested in the way that I teach things. This is great. I'm just going to keep making videos. So I have videos out there that have millions and hundreds of thousands of views on them. And I didn't do anything with those viewers. So at the end of the video, I basically was like, great. Thanks for watching. Bye forget about me now, instead of being like, okay, how can we build a relationship from here? So what I always tell entrepreneurs, if they're using YouTube to build their businesses and their brands, is make sure you have somewhere to send people. Whether that's to your email list, a lead magnet, an ebook, a Facebook group, or a social po- a social platform, or even another um, content source, like a podcast, get them to have other touch points with you so that they become part of your long- term tribe as opposed to just seeing your video, getting helpful information, and then forgetting who you are.
0: That's important. You have to think about what you want to do with that audience. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just if you're just doing this for fun, okay, but why not leverage that into something to to the next level, like further mm-hmm. engagement? If
1: people love you and they're coming all the time. They're going to want to buy something from you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's another thing I just want to touch on this because I've had this question actually come up a lot in the last couple of days is, well, if I'm giving everything away for free on YouTube, why would anyone want to buy from me or work with me? And I really believe that generosity equals abundance. And I believe that the more you give, the more that you're going to get. And I know for me, if I see the same person showing up at the top for a specific category, that's the person I'm going to want to work with because that same person keeps answering my questions. And I'm thinking that person must be the expert. So it's about creating this omnipresence really of being everywhere that your audience would be searching and just continuing to show up for them as this helpful source of information that's going to push the needle. And eventually you're the only person they're going to want to buy from.
0: All right, Sunny. Why YouTube? Why are you so passionate about YouTube? Why not Uh, Instagram or, you know, Twitter or gosh, Periscope? Like why, what is it about YouTube that really makes you, that sparks joy in you?
1: It sparks so much joy in me because my mission is a lot bigger than just YouTube. I, I, I really want to create success ripples for anyone who comes in contact with my content or works with me. I want people to walk away from my content going, okay, I now know and have the tools to be able to be my own boss uh, and to really build a life on my own terms. So, So that's really my overarching mission. And I've helped, you know, a lot, thousands of people now go from not having a business or having a very small business to getting on YouTube, starting to put out videos, and you don't need a massive audience. I have people who have less than a thousand subscribers, but have generated millions of dollars in revenue directly from YouTube and making the content in the right way as an entrepreneur, as opposed to just thinking as a content creator. So I'm really passionate about it because I've seen how big of an impact it can create. And I've seen what it did for me. And I didn't really intend for it to become what it's become. Uh, But it's changed my life. And I say that all the time. And it sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. Like I was asked to speak at NATO's headquarters to the FBI and the CIA within a month of posting one of my first videos on YouTube because the head of social media found me and said, wow, she seems to know what she's talking about. Let's have her come in and talk about video marketing with our, our delegates. So it's changed my life and it's it's why I'm so passionate about it is because I know the capability it has to change other people's lives. And it's such an incredible platform because it works for you when you're not working. A lot of other social platforms, pretty much every other social platform, you have to constantly be on to really see the return from it. As opposed to YouTube, I have videos that still are running for me and they're ranking number one still three years later. And they're bringing hundreds of leads into my email list and into my community every single day.
0: Incredible.
1: I found out some interesting factoids about you, Sonny.
0: Ooh. Well, I mean, you have these on your website, so (laughs) it should come as no shock to you, but I thought they were really interesting, and I want to share some with the audience, and, and, and there's a point to this. So... Other than just like, you know, um, having a good laugh because some of these are kind of funny. (laughs) You said that you were a weather girl at one point in your career in one of the coldest cities in Canada. Um, You never have had a whole cup of coffee in your life, which I can't believe because you have so much energy. Where do you source your energy?
1: Green tea.
0: Green tea. Uh, Okay. So something with caffeine in it. A little caffeine. Yeah. Um, We also know that you've cried. You cried when you saw the Spice Girls in concert. Oh, yes. Really? Who's your favorite Spice Girl?
1: Scary Spice all day. I actually dressed up as Scary Spice. My mom made me the replica outfit. uh, And I still, to this day, swear she was looking directly at me. And I just started crying. Oh, that's so sweet. I loved them. Oh, well.
0: So what is a financial factoid about you that is kind of out of the box, interesting, unique?
1: So I would say a financial factoid about me that's kind of unique is that I really think my biggest lesson about how I operate in finances in every aspect of my business came from probably my biggest financial failure. Uh, And that was when I was first starting out in my business and I was in that phase of just trying to really figure out how this was going to grow and I was feeling a little stuck. And so... I was connected with a coach, a business coach. And from the outside, everything looked great. I trusted the person. And $10,000 later, which I really didn't have, I put it on a lot of credit uh, and really no value in return for that. I basically got, got screwed. And, and it was such a shock to my system. I was... How do you 20, mean screwed? They, they left town? There was... Basically, just no, they didn't. It wasn't that they left town, they just didn't deliver what they had promised to deliver and refused to refund the money. Um, and just turned out to not be what was promoted. Um, and I, really treasure that moment because it was such a huge turning point for me in how I work with my clients and also being more cautious and careful of where I invest my money. And just because things look shiny and bright doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be valuable in the long run. Um, So I think... Part of how I think about it as well is this was at a time when I was in my early 20s and I did not have that money. And it was such a shameful experience for me and such a terrifying experience for me because I couldn't figure out how the heck I was going to earn that $10,000 back. It seemed like the end of the world. And it is. It's a lot of money. And so... I really went into this place. And it's a mantra that I say on a daily basis to myself now is that abundance flows easily to me. I really have to convince myself and switch my mindset into that because as an entrepreneur, I think it's really easy to slip into scarcity. And in that moment, that's where I was living. I was living in this place of I'm never going to make this money back. I I don't know what I'm going to do. I should just go and get a job. What am I supposed to do? And from that day forward, I really just got into this headspace of abundance flows easily to me and I just repeat it on a daily basis. And every time I make a sale of any kind, I actually have a little alert that pops up on my phone and it says that. Uh, And that's I I think that is a unique kind of approach um, that I've taken to the ups and downs that come along with having your own business
0: abundance flows easily to me that's your phone alert so guess what yeah. i'm i'm doing that i'm going to i'm going <laughs> to reprogram my phone <laughs>
1: Uh, it works really well if you just keep saying it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's no it's no joke. Your mindset, what you what you tell yourself, uh, your your beliefs, whether they're limiting or abundant ba- abundance based, is can make sometimes all the difference. But not mm-hmm. to take any credit away from you either. Like you're not just sitting on your couch saying this and then thinking mm-hmm. money manifests. It's like you're mm-hmm. out there doing the work. You're asking for your worth. Mm-hmm. You're billing your clients. Mm-hmm. You know that's part mm-hmm. of it too. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I think that for me was even a really hard hurdle to to get over. And this one experience helped me get there because I realized that I didn't really know my worth and I didn't really know what I was capable of. And I think a lot of that decision of just being like, okay, take my money, help me, was from a place of of scarcity. It was from a place of, I don't know how to figure this out on my own. And in a lot of ways, I didn't. But I also needed to do some internal work and to look inside and be like, you know what? I am fully capable. I am fully capable of doing this. And there's a million people in the world who build businesses. I can do it. And I can learn what I need to learn. And even if it takes doing it on my own for right now, that's okay. Uh, And not putting all of my eggs into some other basket.
0: In some ways, do you think that you were set up for a career where... uh, failure was a high risk. So you you uh, started your life as an actor and then mm-hmm. journalist and now an entrepreneur. And in all of those fields, there is a degree of rejection. Mm-hmm. There's a degree of failure that I think is uh, above average. Mm-hmm. So
1: do you think you are primed for this new role that you're taking on? I do. And I actually credit the way that I was raised in a lot of ways for for my risk tolerance, because I do think it's higher than normal. And I think for most entrepreneurs, it is, uh, because it is risky, and it is scary. But I was raised in a household of athletes. And um, my grandpa was a professional athlete, my dad was a professional athlete. And I always say that primed me so well, because I would watch my dad come home from the most horrific loss, or the most incredible win, and be the same person. And bounce back either way within a few hours. So I really didn't realize this until I got older. But I realized that wow, I, I'm pretty resilient. Like if something bad happens, yes, I can have a pity party for a minute, and then I I bounce back and I go, okay, now how do we fix it and move forward? Because it's always about forward momentum, and. I do think that played a big part. And even when I was an actor um, and a journalist, I remember getting some really crazy feedback and some really harsh criticism. And I never really took it super personally. The only thing that it did for me was basically reinforce that I'm not meant to work for other people. (laughs) And, And that I wanted to build a life on my own terms and I wanted to be my own boss. And so that just lit a fire for me to... To really not take what they said as gold and put too much weight into it, because I think if I did, then I would be still working for other people and I still would be, you know, really validating my worth based on external things as opposed to going, no, I can do this on my own and I can build my own my own life.
0: visit simplysafe.com slash so money you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash so money so they know our show sent you that's simplysafe.com slash so money I really respect that. It's hard. I mean, it sounds like, oh, it was a natural progression. I experienced these times in my life where rejection was a big part of it. And I I grew from that, but it's it's hard. It takes a big person to say, you know what, Mm -hmm. that's not who I am. And that's not going to define me. I remember in Mm -hmm. my early days as as I was trying to make my way in the world of journalism and particularly on camera, I had people who told me you might want to lose five pounds. You might want to mm. change your name. You might want to change your name.
1: Oh yeah. Imagine? No, <laughs> like your name is everything. Your name makes you, you. Um, and I have friends as well that I went to journalism school with who did go through that and change their names to make it, you know, more acceptable, I guess to the mass audience. But in this day and age, like you don't have to do that anymore. The no. only way to succeed is to be uniquely you.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, although, you know, I've written about it before in my newsletter and I've talked about it publicly. I hated my name growing up. All I wanted to be was the same. Right. The same, the same that I wanted to be Ashley or Tina or Christina or Rachel. Like I just wanted a normal girl name and I, someone said to me the day on the podcast, do you really want your 10 year old self telling you what to do when you're 35 (laughs) or 25 or 50 for that matter? You know, we hold on to these kind of experiences, memories, influences as a kid. And they show up in our adult life. They do. Mm -hmm. We can't help it. But do you really want that memory and that
1: feeling that you had when you were 10 to now steer your path? (laughs) Yeah. And dictate (laughs) where you're going. And it's it's funny because I actually hated my name growing up too. I hated it. And I would get made fun of all the time. And now I'm so grateful, uh, especially in doing what I do. It's, it's, it's memorable. It's a standout name. And I think it makes me a little unique. So uh, I think it's, it's just funny that when you're younger, all you want to do is assimilate and be the same as everyone else. And as you get older, you're like, no, but what, what's really great about me are the things that are a little bit different and unique.
0: You said on your website that yes, Sonny is my real name. And no, my parents are not hippies. That's your, <laughs> that is your, your, your birth name. Speaking of your parents, they're, uh, are many people who come on the show who reference their parents as being huge influences, financial influences in their mm-hmm. lives. And there was a recent study. I've been referencing it um, all month. Uh, Chase Slate, our sponsor, did this really awesome study looking at the, real, the financial relationship that parents have with their kids. And over 50% of parents say they have had a money talk with their kids. What was your greatest money memory from your parent, from your parents and your relationship with them that sticks out?
1: truthfully, it was when I was starting my very first business, which was actually an online magazine. And uh, my parents basically said to me, do it. And here's $5,000, which my parents do okay, but they're not like loaded. And I was just blown away by that generosity. And I, I basically said, but what if what if I fail? What if this doesn't work? What if I screw it up? all of the what ifs. And both of my parents just sat me down and said, you've never truly failed at anything. And the only failure would be in you not trying this. And we believe in you, do it. And it really set the tone for me in investing in myself and understanding that even if it, it was technically a failure from the outside and, and that, that first business did not make a lot of money, But it taught me everything I needed to know to then build a successful consultancy. And I do believe even to this day, it's still teaching me things about how I'm running my current business. So that lesson for me was huge in being able to take certain leaps of faith that I know are going to teach me something, be a lesson, and also allow me to invest in my further development, even if there's not an immediate payoff. Um, So that's, that's probably the biggest lesson from my parents.
0: Do you think that you were under a lot of pressure to out to perform well with that with that essentially that gift
1: of money? Yes, for sure. But I also am if if anybody knows me really well, they know that I put the most pressure on myself out of anyone in my life. My parents have really never put pressure on me. They just have an unwavering belief in myself and my brother. and that has allowed me, I feel like that's allowed me to be the person that I am and to take the risks that I take. And it's allowed me to stand on my own two feet. And that, that is the last dime I really took from anyone in building my business. And that was about 10 years ago. So um, it was the kickstart and the belief that I needed at a time where I wasn't sure of what I was doing. What was your
0: biggest money failure other than the $10,000 you never got back? <laughs> but it got turned out well in the sense that you got you got clear on on your money mindset.
1: Yeah, I mean, that definitely I would say I still would say that's my biggest failure to be honest. I think that that was such a massive lesson for me, and something that I actually remember again at that time having a conversation with my parents and just sobbing and going, I've made it such a huge mistake. What am I going to do? And they said, You know, it, this is going to be one of those defining moments that you look back at and you go, I'm never going to do that twice. And I'm going to think a lot harder about where I'm investing my money um, and how and what the intention is behind the money and why you're really doing it. Because I do like I said, think that I did that out of a place of I don't feel like I'm good enough to figure this out on my own. And I just need a savior and no one else is going to be your savior. You still have to do the work on your own
0: your so money moment. What was like, okay, so there have to have been so many times in your career as you've been building it. Now you are close to a seven figure business. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank and you. you'll soon cross that threshold, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But what was the proudest moment financially speaking that you had in recent years?
1: Oh, truthfully, it was actually yesterday, which is kind of funny. Um, it was yesterday when we were actually going over the financials of the first half of this year. And I realized that we are on track to surpass that goal of, of hitting seven figures. Uh, and we had our biggest revenue month uh, ever last month. And it was a so many moment because I realized, wow, I have built a business and brought in this abundance and brought in this wealth and built a team around me and support a team around me based off of who I am uniquely as a person and my unique talents to the world and it's one of those things that you don't I've never really taken that seriously and that I, I don't look at doing YouTube as like this monumental life saving thing but then when I, when I was looking at the financials yesterday it was like this piece of paper affirming that I am doing something that's making a big difference in people's lives. And it's allowing them to build businesses. It's allowing them to build brands. It's allowing them to get these incredible opportunities. And it just was one of those sort of stop in your tracks moments of going, whoa, we fourxed the business last year and we're doubling it this year. And that's based on me, <laughs> which is really, really weird and amazing. Why is it weird? I don't know. It just feels like it feels so um, surreal because I mean, it's the day and age we live in and, and this is totally possible. You can build businesses based on who you are and what your talents are, which is so incredible. And I'm so grateful to be alive at this point, but it does, it's still one of those things that I have, I have to get used to, I guess.
0: Yes, you will be getting used to this. I see, I see bright stars in your future. Um, you just. <laughs> I mean, how long have you been doing this
1: YouTube? Well, just, Technically, this this business is really only two years old. Give me
0: a break! Two years? Come <laughs> on, girl, woman, I should say. We're all women around here. Um, I'm, it's really amazing, and you actually, we we had a, an opportunity to meet at an event recently. Our friend Chris Winfield hosts mm-hmm. this incredible live event called Unfair Advantage and he brings me on sometimes to chat about media and all that fun stuff and he always gathers these amazing entrepreneurs who are all about up-leveling their careers and making great connections and learning and you and I met and in that what 20-minute conversation, you gave me such great advice (laughs) about how to – you really inspired me about how to really make my YouTube page, which is not really – I mean, it exists, but I don't do anything with it Mm. Um, to to leverage YouTube uh, to Mm -hmm. extend the kind of relationship that I have with podcast listeners over to YouTube. And I'm definitely considering it because, you know, I'm not... I'm not shy uh, to do video. Everyone knows I got started in television and I continue to do a lot of on-camera work. But it's more that, you know, how do I make it work for me so that Mm -hmm. I'm not like feeling I'm just feeding this beast that is YouTube and doing it in a quality way, but not one that's going to like, you know, jeopardize my ability to do the other stuff that I'm doing currently and um, fervorously. So absolutely. Just, you can only be in so many places and you know
1: you absolutely <laughs> can time. and I, I I believe in mastering one platform first and you certainly have mastered the podcasting platform so. thank you thank you yeah um yeah.
0: all right let's uh let's also we're gonna get to some so money fill in the blanks very soon but before that one question what's your number one money habit sunny that you're practicing right now
1: Uh, My number one money habit that I'm practicing right now that actually I believe was about a year ago when I first started implementing this. And it sounds maybe a little bit strange, but you can tell me. um, It's really when I first started to pay myself first uh, at the end of the month. So I, for a very long time in my business, was paying myself last and paying myself the breadcrumbs. uh, But now I've made it a habit to ensure that I'm I have money uh, and I am being paid first and recognizing that I am really the most valuable part of the business because the whole business is based around me. And I love my team. I couldn't do this without my team. But I think that that mindset of like, okay, everybody else eats first and I eat last and I get the crumbs was not beneficial or helpful to my mindset in the business. Have you read the book Profit First? Yes, that's what it's based off of. Oh. I love that book. <laughs> How'd
0: you, did you like that? I kind of made the connection
1: there. Yes. I need yeah, it's a one guess. of my it's, I highly recommend that book and I read it last year and it it changed everything and it's been so valuable for how we manage the finances in the business now. Mike Michalowicz, the author has
0: been on so money. He's incredible. He's an yes. incredible entrepreneur and businessman. Uh, he he could sell anything. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. besides the point. He's also got mm-hmm. great advice around how entrepreneurs can uh can can create a sustainable business essentially because they're putting themselves first and I know yes. Th- it's hard, you know, because uh you want to first perhaps pay your your vendors and your mm-hmm. employees and I get mm-hmm. that but like you said like you're the most important part you're running the ship mm-hmm. so if you're not yeah. if you're
1: not covering yourself first then that's really putting the entire business in a vulnerable place absolutely and i think i've learned that on all levels in the last year that in order for the business to be healthy and sustainable and successful, in all ways, I have to be showing up for myself. And that really has become my definition of being your own boss is, is show up for yourself so you can show up for everything else and take care of yourself so you can take care of business. It's another alert I'm going to put on my phone.
0: <laughs> show up for you. So yes. many truth bombs. Okay, let's fill in these blanks, shall we? So many fill in the blanks. Um,
1: if I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is buy a home in Vancouver on the water. If you've been to Vancouver, it's an amazing city and it's also real expensive when it comes to real estate. So that's that's a dream of mine. And that's oh, the first thing it? I would okay. do. Okay,
0: I didn't know yeah. how the real estate market was there, but I, and I've never been to Vancouver. I oh, haven't really been come. to the Northwest part of the US, let alone Canada before. You should come, it's beautiful. All right, on my to-do list. Okay, one thing
1: I spend on that makes my life easier or better is... Fitness. I invest quite a bit into fitness and it makes my life a lot happier and healthier. What's your practice? Uh, Well, it varies. I did bar method for a very long time and I absolutely loved it. Uh, Now I do something called lean squad, which is um, virtual personal training and a meal plan. And I'm just about to try orange theory. So I I mix it up, but I work out at least five times a week. Wow. I'm also a bar aficionado. I go to Physique 57.
0: And if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I'm always like talking about being there. And um I, what is it? The lean? Lean squad. Lean squad. squad. Virtual
1: Mm. training and meal planning. What's the, how much does that cost? Um, To be honest, it's a friend of mine, so I didn't pay for it. Nice. (laughs) But I I think it's a couple hundred dollars. I'm not even sure, but he's incredible. He's an ex-professional athlete. He's a rugby player. And I mean, if he's the specimen of like what the business looks like and you see his Instagram account, mm-hmm. you'll be like, Okay, I'm signing up for this. And him and his wife are both in incredible shape and really live it's the brand. So nice. And uh and it's really fun. And it's it's why I also like it is because you can do it anywhere. The ninety day lean plan, is that what it is? Uh yes. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: it. Okay, are you on, on the site. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. The one splurge that I make that I can't live without is.
1: This sounds so superficial, but nails, nails, my nails, nails and toes. It's done. a splurge of
0: your money and your time.
1: It is. And it I'm is, learning,
0: but- I'm learning now as a busier person, because I have people that I'm responsible for other than myself, is that <laughs> I can't, Get a manicure and a pedicure. I can't get my hair colored and cut
1: in the same day. Mm. I have to, I'm like going back and forth to salons and. Which is the worst. That's truly the worst. I've found a place in Vancouver that gets my nails and my toes done in 45 minutes at the same time. So that's my only go to. I can't deal with anything. Yeah.
0: Else. L- recommend me a place that'll do my hair, my nails, and everything <laughs> at the same time where I'm just kind of like sitting there like a diva. I just feel
1: like that's maybe a business idea right there, like yeah. like pampering for busy women on a very efficient schedule. And they'll come <laughs> to my house. I mean, there is uh, this thing called Glam Squad we have in the ah. US,
0: but it's not, they're not cutting your hair. They're just doing your hair and right. your makeup and your nails. And they could come and I don't know if they all work at the same time, but they can kind of show up at your house at the same time. And I guess you could delegate. Smart. Totally. All right. Uh, one thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is...
1: I wish I had learned about investing a little earlier in my life because I think I waited a little too long. Well, not waited a little too long, but I just I wish I had learned earlier about investing my money and not just putting it into like a regular savings account.
0: A lot of us, I think, feel the same way. It's not. It's definitely part of the financial literacy conversation that goes mm-hmm. amiss. I mean, if you're lucky enough to have any talk about money growing up, like budgeting, saving, that's great. But yeah, investing is like a whole other level. And I think that's just mm-hmm. because the general population doesn't quite feel confident to talk about it. For sure. They, to call themselves investors, you know, where if you got a 401k at work, you're an investor.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, all right. All right. When I donate, I like to give to blank because?
1: The Alzheimer's Society of BC, because that's where I live, uh, and my mom's dad, my papa, and my dad's mom, uh, so my Nona, uh, both passed away from the disease. So I'm very passionate about it and am involved in doing a lot of speaking with them and just raising as much awareness as I can.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a very it's a very difficult disease to mm-hmm. experience, but also as family, it's it's I know it's I've heard from many friends that it's um, yeah it's, it's very painful, it's very tough. Mm-hmm. That's special mm-hmm. that you are able to uh, pay you know homage to them through your mm-hmm. charitable contributions. That's really special. Okay, you ready for this one? I'm Sunny Leonard Doozy. I'm so money because. I'm
1: so money because I've created my own wealth based off of my unique skills and talents.
0: I love it. We'll be seeing you on YouTube. But hundred thousand
1: subscribers, hundred sixty three
0: today. What? Actually, you need to update your bio. I think <laughs> I we had hundred thousand. So that was like yesterday, <laughs> right? Today we have <laughs> another sixty thousand. Yeah,
1: it's pretty but crazy. Who's counting?
0: Who's counting, right? Sunny, you're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on So Money. And I hope to connect with you in person again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much to Sunny for stopping by. You can learn more about Sunny on her website, SunnyLenarduzzi.com. She's also on Twitter and Instagram at SunnyLenarduzzi. Sunny's training program is called YouTube for Bosses and her YouTube channel is YouTube.com forward slash SunnyLenarduzzi. Lenarduzzi is L-E-N-A-R-D-U-Z-Z-I. If you missed any of this, Don't worry, we've got it all for you at somoneypodcast.com. You can send me also a question for our Friday episodes and I'm still inviting you to come and co-host. If you haven't yet and you'd really like to, let me know, we could probably make it happen. We're working on a lot of future episodes right now. So if you come on to co-host, it may not air until early fall or late summer, but hey, I like working ahead of schedule. So let's do it, let's make it happen. And of course, always follow me on Instagram, at Farnoosh Tarabi. I'm very busy there. Try to answer your questions there as well. Lots of ways to reach me. Make sure to keep listening this week. We got Laura Vanderkam on Wednesday. Laura is a time management expert. Oh yes, you don't want to miss that one. Learn how to do more and feel less busy while you're doing more. Huh? She's got answers for us. I, I, I promise. Thanks for tuning in everyone and I hope your day is so money.